Good morning. Great morning. I'm back to my childhood at Aqueduct in New York. <laughs> Welcome to the Noodleberg Daily Huddle on this Wisdom Wednesday, where we're going to have some great content for you. We're going to be talking about building a championship mindset. We're going to be talking about the factors that go into that. And uh, anytime I get the opportunity to share the screen with Lori, it's great. But Lori, I have to say that yesterday I got the opportunity to coach you and that was a blast. I had so much fun. Well, I actually was going to text you today just to tell you that what we worked on and what we worked through went really, really well. Boom! Let's yeah. go. You know, listen, you know, it's so interesting. I think, and I just want to say this because I, I am a huge proponent of coaching and development, right? My own and then having other people. When you have someone that you can run something through with, you have a lot of it in your head already, right? I mean, things yep. we talked about, the questions we talked about were not new to me. It just helps you formulate it, right? And and really think it through and having someone objective. So for those of you that don't have a coach, I'm telling you, it is a game. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm listen, I don't care who the coach is. It's well, a game changer. It's funny. So I, I'll take it back real quick to a story from my football days and the special teams coordinator tends to work on an island on the staff, right? Like there's the offensive coordinator, the defensive coordinator, the head coach usually has a background in one of those two phases and is heavily involved in them. And so like the special teams coordinator is usually on his own and you know, you're reporting out to the head coach, what the plan is, what the strategy is, but they tend to not have a lot of say in it. When I was at the university of Nevada, my head coach was Brian Polian. And Brian Polian had a 100% special teams background. So he wanted to be a part of our strategy development. So he would ask me after I did a full day of game planning on Sunday to sit down with him, give him the you know opportunities, give him the strategy, give him the problems, and really go through it with him. And he would give me unbelievable ideas that I'd be like, you know what? I didn't think about it quite like that. Or he would tweak something just in the smallest way that I'd be like, you know what? That was really great. And that's a great addition to what we're doing. And it was the only time in my career that I really had somebody to do that with. And it was the most fun that I had coaching that year because it was so collaborative and you felt like you really had somebody in the foxhole. So it's funny that you say that because it's very it's very similar to me when I think if, about that. If we had the money, every single person on my team that's in management or leading, right? Leading people, especially would have a coach. Well, if it's about budget, Lori, let's just figure it out. Right. <laughs> Come on. We, are we going to have like an, are we going to have an objection to the seminar right now? We're going to talk about how to overcome objections. <laughs> Uh, let's go. Let's get to some wake up music. Let's come back. Let's talk about championship mindset.
So welcome back. Welcome back to the show. Shout out to Christian White, who said it's not that easy, Mark. <laughs> and I understand. Look, we all look, there's always constraints, right? And sometimes price is a, a discriminator. It is you, it is your barrier to entry, assuming that you know you have a floor that you're not willing to go beneath. But I think that, you know, when we talk about price, it's always a reflection of value. And it's always there's always a way to create a budget there's always a way to work a budget there's oh if if both sides are willing to negotiate and want to work together there's usually a a a compromise to be found when it comes to price well and that's why we're working you have what you do and i'm working on the program that i want to bring on the ball so exactly so that we can make it and i i did not bring this up for this to end up being you know that kind of conversation i just Wanted, I really wanted to point out that no matter what level you're at, it's so important. And there's value in group coaching as well as individual coaching. So uh, anyway, I didn't, I didn't mean it, to go down that. Road. I was reflecting on like some of, of my, my memories this morning from my coaching days. And I remember my first full-time, my first coordinate, my first game as a coordinator at the university of Cincinnati, the day of the game, you get a special teams meeting before the pregame meal or before part of the day really starts. And it's usually the longest special teams meeting that you get throughout the whole week. And it offers you the opportunity to cover all of the little things and just make sure everybody's real tight on the game plan. And I always used it to show affirmations, show plays that were people executing what we were going to execute against them that went well. So it kind of built into what we're going to talk about in championship mindset, which is belief. But I used that time to motivate them a little bit. And so I, I would get into it. I'd be emotional, be passionate. I'd be showing them, you know, it get really ripping roaring. And it was my first time ever doing it on my own. Well, I didn't realize. So I knew that I was on a clock, but I didn't realize how fast time could move in those meetings. And prior, when I was the assistant, I was always the time check guy. Like I would make sure the coordinator like, hey, you got 10 minutes. Hey, you got five minutes. Well, of course, I didn't set that up for myself. I'm like, I'll be fine. I know I'll get I'll get it done in 20 minutes. Yeah. And of course, I go way over the 20 minutes. Right. So the the majority of the team is in this meeting. We come walking out and go into the team meet to the team meal. Right. Which is a very quiet, very focused there's not, it's very organized. Everybody sits at their tables and sits as a group. So we walk in as a team, the head coach is sitting at his table waiting, right? Like looking at me. And then I look at the offensive coordinator, Eddie Grant, who had helped me get hired at this school. And his eyes are like headlights, just like wide open. Like, what have you done? And I thought about it and I was like, that was a mistake that they were willing to tolerate, right? Like they gave me the autonomy to run my meeting. They didn't sit in my meeting. They didn't. Now a mistake was made partially on their fault because they didn't ensure that I had set myself up for success partially on my fault because I didn't ensure that I set myself up for success. But that was a a, a failure. That was a problem that they were willing to have happen because they gave me the autonomy to do what I wanted to do. Now that affected the team in the right way. It was a positive meeting and all of that. So it was just an interesting thought for me on like, I didn't that that wasn't something that was scripted. It wasn't part of a a strategic plan in the leadership development. But I think as we've talked about the development of middle leadership this week, and we're going to talk about mindset today, like 
That was something that I think is really important for people to understand. You got to give people room to fail and be willing to work with those mistakes, you know? Yeah. And you know what? Listen, I, I'm saying this from experience. It takes trust, right? It's, you have to trust in order to let go. And so I think what middle, you know, mid-level managers, leaders, everyone on your team has to, needs to understand is how do they earn the trust of those, right, that are passing out those opportunities and that responsibility? Because if you do, I can assure you that you will have so many opportunities put in front of you. Exactly. Because I go to the people I trust that I know are going to get it done no matter what they have to do because they don't want to let the organization down. They don't want to let me down and they've got a champion mindset. So I thought that would take us right into it. <laughs> and and it's, it's, it's a fantastic. So, and, and J Jim talks about, he said today is positive thinking day, which love it. Cause I think part of having a championship mindset and there's, there's a bunch of components and I think I'm going to run through just all of them real quick, just to talk about them. Vision belief, confidence, resilience, focus, and adaptation. These, I think, are the core pillars of how your mindset needs to operate. And I do think that they kind of stack and build on each other, but starting primarily with the vision, right? Like, I think if you don't have an idea on where you want to go or what you want it to look like, it's impossible to build everything else in your life to work towards that, which is necessary in order to be a champion, a winner, successful, whatever word you want, fulfilled, whatever word you want to insert in there. I think it has to start with a vision. Would you agree there, Lori? Absolutely. I, you know, I call it vision, call it aspiration. It's interesting to me that when I ask people, especially, you know, younger, when I say younger, I don't mean by age, but younger in their career path, um, what their aspiration is, they don't know. They don't know a lot of the time. And if you can't figure that out, how do you know where you're going? Like, what do you, how do you know how to get there? So it's so interesting because I think it's twofold. You don't have to have it figured out at 22, at 23, yeah. at 24, at 25. Like my vision drastically changed at 32. I had a vision. I wouldn't even say I had that vision at 18. I don't think I really had that vision till I started to get into my early 20s and it became time to graduate and move on. And that's when I was like, mm, maybe I'm not going to go home and go into on the ball. Maybe I am going to stay and chase this coaching thing. And that's what really, you know, was the catalyst for me to go in that direction was have a vision. I don't know that I'm going to be able to become a head coach. I don't really know where this road is going to take me, but I'm willing to go down that road because it's something that I feel like is fulfilling to me. And I think that's where a lot of young people go wrong is they just don't know what they like. They haven't right. tried enough stuff. They're not willing to try enough. They feel like they have to get on the path and have it figured out by 26 or whatever. And I think the lack of conversation around transferable skills and how it doesn't really matter what job you take, but whatever job you take, it's going to give you skills that are going to help you continue to evolve and grow. And as long as you stay on that path, you're going to, you should find a vision at some point. When did your vision really click for you? When did, how many visions have you had in your life? You know, when you say vision and when I talk about aspiration, I don't always think that it has to be a specific, like 
I never said my vision was to be a CEO. Yep. But I knew my vision was to make a difference and to lead people. I wanted yep. to be a boss. No doubt yep. about it. Right. You wanted to lead. You I wanted did. To lead. I wanted to lead. I knew that that was something that, that, right. Made me excited and happy and, and I'm still trying to figure it all out. Right. And yep. I always will right till the, till the day I'm done with this. So, so from, I don't think that your aspiration or vision has to be a certain position or a certain title. I think it's just, like you said, finding what you love and then taking steps that lead you towards that. What the title ends up being is not really the point. Okay. Right. At least not to me. I didn't really care. Even when I didn't have the CEO title and I was making a difference in leading people when I was in the corporate world, I had a team of 200. Yep. I did. I was a VP title. I wasn't a CEO, but I loved it. I was doing what I envisioned myself doing and what my transferable skills, right, are, are strongest in. So you had a vision, right? You you had a vision of what you, what you what you wanted it to look like. Didn't have to be like for me I realized the vision was to be a coach. It wasn't to be a head coach. That that eventually became a goal of mine and I think people confuse that. People confuse goals, people confuse very specific objectives with a vision. A vision is just the direction, right? right. So for me it was a coach. I wanted to be a coach. Now that vision has carried on forever doesn't matter what role I've been in, even when I stepped out of football and got into my first sales job, I was figuring out a way to coach people in that. I was coaching people on what we did in order to educate them so that maybe they would buy our services from us in order to be able to do that. So I think once you have the vision, then comes the belief. Because if you don't believe that it's possible for you to do that, it's impossible for it to happen for you. And I think what you're seeing at University of Colorado is a great example of this. I mean, there's no doubt that Dion had a very crystal clear vision of what he wanted Colorado to look like. And I think there's no doubt in the way he communicated that he had a belief in how they would that they would get there. How do you cultivate belief? How do you think you cultivate belief? Well, first of all, I think it's belief in two different things. One, it's okay. belief in the vision, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, and then there's belief in yourself, mm. right? To be part of that vision and what you're going to bring to the table and believing that you have what it takes to bring to the table. Um, so, uh, you know, I think, listen, I, I think Dion has a gift of uh, how he motivates, right? Young people, how he instills that belief. It's by all positive talk, pot, just, just, just like, pouring positivity into them, right? Telling them when they, when they make a mistake, don't worry, we got this. We're going to go for it again, right? Building their confidence, right? But with positivity as opposed to knocking them down. And I, I that's, I'm sure he is tough and I'm sure he, he's knocking them yes. down, but there's also a great deal of positivity going into them. He has, he has faith. He talks about God, right. Um, and having faith in, in something, whatever that is for you. I think those are the things, you know, for me, I don't bring faith into it because everybody's so different. Sure. I think that positivity of we can do this. We yeah. got this. And by the way, one of the things that was not on that list that you read off was surrounding yourself with champions. Yep. Like Dion. It's like myself. So that, that to you me cultivates that everything belief. is possible. That to me cultivates belief. So when I think about cultivating belief, mm -hmm. that is cultivating confidence. 
Your confidence comes from your belief. And your confidence, and I believe this, your confidence comes from the way that you know something, right? It's not, you're not guessing at it. You know what you know. And the way you get that true belief and that true confidence is the way you study, the way you prepare, the way you do everything you can to put yourself in position to win. There's no guarantee that Colorado goes 2-0 to start the year. There's no guarantee in that. But there is a guarantee that they were going to put in the work, they were going to put in the preparation, and they were going to put themselves in position to be successful. And that is what the belief is. That is what the confidence is. And so if you can move in that area where you've got vision, belief, confidence, I think the next thing that's necessary is resilience. because. Colorado is going to lose, whether it be this week, whether it be next at the end of the year, whether it be next year, they're going to lose at some point. And so what happens when you lose? What happens when you fail? Here comes the resilience. Here comes your ability to take your vision, your belief, your confidence and overcome the adversity and overcome the setbacks in order to continue on and press past because you know that failure is only part of the journey has to happen, has to happen at some time. And it's all about how you, you respond to it. Anything you want to add about resilience? No, I think, you know, again, I I think it's so intertwined and so connected all of these things. Cause you know, if, if I get knocked down and I don't have that, right? Strong belief. Uh, and that, that clear vision of I'm going to get there. Correct. Then you probably don't, are not going to show the resilience, right. That you need. I I think, you know, also again, and I go back to this, I said, I said it before, but I think it plays a part in every single thing is the people that we surround ourselves with, right. Who have that champion mindset. I look at our team. I know Casey's on here and I hope he would agree. I have watched our team grow. Why? And I'm watching each individual now start to grow themselves without anyone telling them, right? Because they've been surrounded by people with that champion mindset. So when we fall down, we say, okay, let's go. We got this. We can pick it up. Let's uh, let's, let's change the route. Let's adapt. Let's. Well, to continue on this example of Colorado, right? He revamped the entire roster. You better believe that part of the thing that the part of the reason he brought people in was because of their mindset, because of the way they thought, because they were champions in their mind. They may not have been the most physically gifted. They may not be NFL prototype players, but he knew that the mindset would match what he was trying to cultivate within the organization, which is the most important thing. You could have all of the other skill sets. You could have all of the other attributes. If you don't have the mindset, it doesn't matter. Because you're, self, you're sabotaging listen, all of the other things. I don't even look at the technical skills. First right. of all, my team, right, I'm the last interview. And I'm and, really just looking for a champion mindset. Set. And so I'm going to combine these last two as we close in. Because Nancy said champions can pivot, right? Which I think is super important. And, and Jim said adaptation, improvisation. That's from Morpheus from, from, uh, from the, you know, the movie with Neo. Um, but so the idea here that you're going to fail champions know they're going to fail. And so how do you continue on 
part of it is an intense focus, not being distracted by the new shiny object, not being distracted by the other opportunity, not being distracted by the noise and all of the things that are outside of our control. So we could talk forever about focus, which is so important. But the other side of that is then the ability to adapt and to keep it in a sports reference for people. You have the goal to win the game. It's a 60 minute game. If in the first 15 minutes you go down 21, nothing, your goal didn't change. The goal is still to win the game, but your plan on how you were going to go about winning that game probably has to change and your tactics probably have to change. So having the adaptability to stay focused on your goal but maybe change how you are planning to get there and change some of the things that are, were going to happen along the way. That's the last, and I think that maybe the most critical part of a championship mindset. Listen, I, I'm just going to say that is the key to life period, not just leadership. Okay. You know, listen, and I'll use a personal situation. When I had my first child, Mr. Patrick, right. I was expecting I had a great pregnancy. Nothing right. indicated that there was going to be anything other than a healthy baby, right? Yep. Now, he was healthy in that sense, but, but you know, that there was going to be anything other than a typical normal child. Guess right. what? That's not what God decided, right? That's not what happened. I had to adapt, right? I yep. had to see the vision for my child. Yep. And I did, right? And then I had to come up with my plan of how was I going to help him get there? Yep. And then guess what? So that was very different than what I was planning for nine months. The vision of being a great mother, the vision of having a great mother, you know, mother son relationship, the vision of all that stays the same, but what it actually looks like in daily practice had to change, right? right? So you were able to adapt what was currently happening yeah. in your life to still match the end result that you were looking for. That's what champions and, do. And sometimes you have to adapt your expectations. Exactly. Right? Exactly. You're expecting one thing. You're expecting things to go a certain way. Sometimes you've got to adapt those expectations. It doesn't mean you lower them. That's not what I'm suggesting. But they're, they might change. So. so to recap it for everybody, really the core pillars, vision, belief, confidence, resilience and focus. Those are your five core pillars to building a championship mindset. You cultivate those five things. You change the way you think you change the way you operate. Lori, thank you for joining me for another week of a daily huddle. It was fantastic. There will be no live daily huddle tomorrow. I will be traveling down to Chico Lodge to speak to the RCC group. Excited about that, but we will be back on Friday for a very special huddler in the hot seat, Tony Levine, former University of Houston head coach and current Chick-fil-A owner, is going to be on the show to talk about the parallels of sports and business and how he has transitioned from running a multi-million dollar college organization to running a multi-million dollar restaurant and all of the parallels between it. Jonathan said we forgot motivational music. You know what? We didn't get to it today, so we will end with motivational music. There's our huddler in the hot seat for Friday. Thank you, guys. Have a great day tomorrow. We'll see you on Friday, leaving you with motivational morning music. Let's go. Take care. I got a woman. Oh, woman.
I got a woman. 